Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer here. Hawks Live every Thursday at 7 p.m. right here on 710 ESPN. It's been a while, Paul. It's you been know, a while. It has been. I, I was thinking, uh, as you know, my, my daughter and her husband were in town. They brought their little puppy, a little boxer. little boxer. I know this is really off the wall, but I was thinking in dog years, it's been 14 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) You're the numbers guy. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. Should have left you. Yeah. Without a dope beat to step two. That is a rap lyric there, Paul, if you didn't know what I was doing. Like like I haven't followed it. You know what I listen to on my way here? Yeah, I do. I do. We'll save that for another day. We'll save that. Well, these Hawks are 5-0. Yeah. And we had an interesting conversation before we got on air. And you could nitpick the Hawks, however you want to do it. You can say the offense is this, the defense is that. Look at these numbers. Look at those numbers. They're 5-0, and though. Everyone should just relax and enjoy the ride, right? I, I, I was listening to Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator for Kansas City. And by the way, he is, he is an absolute leader. I love listening to him. And he brought up about stats. And he said, you know, I, I, and again, he's more eloquent than, than I'm going to. But he basically said, this game is about alphabets and it's one is the w Mm -hmm. it's win and the other one's the l and the loss he goes what we do and why stats don't matter to us we don't even look at them is every week all we're trying to do is get the w once that game's over we go into a brand new game plan flush it and it's we we may know the defense is going to give up some yards. Well, here's what we got to do offensively. He was so good at how he said it. Basically, stats are for losers, and we're just <laughs> nitpicking on these stats. The Seahawks come up with timely stops when they need to. We've had a lot of double-digit leads. Uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is the W, the alphabet. And I, I'm with you, and that's what – and I'm, I'm on the same page with you, and because we saw this defense – they got this this game going the second half. Yes, the offense came out. They scored first, and the defense caused two turnovers. But without those two turnovers, what does the offense look like? Are they really going to get going? Who knows? But to see that defense perform when they needed it the most, to see K.J. drop back into a flat, catch with one hand, That's to good. see see them force a fumble with the quarterback, scoop it up. I mean, it, they're doing the right things at the right time. Are they giving up a bunch of yards? Okay. They're 5-0. and oh. Everybody relax. Take a chill pill. Just enjoy the ride. They're going to find ways to win games. And when and if they lose, don't crucify them. Yeah, I, I really look at this defense. And, again, I'm, I'm a bit of a dog. So it was 14 weeks ago, so I can't remember all the plays uh, in the Minnesota game. But I, but I really do look at let's just start putting this into quarters. Let's look at the first four games. And then let's look at this defense the next four games. And then the next four and then the next four. I just want to see improvement. We've seen improvement the last two weeks. We haven't given up a lot of big plays. We need to continue to play good team defense. And I, I, won't, I don't call out names, but there's some veteran guys that need to play team defense. Not, not running underneath some blocks. I, that first drive in Minnesota. Yeah. Look, if we just played the defense the way it's designed, we're probably off the field a couple, a couple times. They convert a lot of third downs there. And, and they probably don't score a touchdown. And I, we're getting better at that. We have good players. The secondary. There's four Pro Bowl caliber players. Linebacker. There's two Pro Bowl caliber players there. Defensive line, we're still figuring that one out. But they're getting better. So I just, again, I, we're never going to be, we're not going to be a top 15 defense statistically at the end of the year. We're too far behind. 
But if all of a sudden we're playing top 15 defense in the last two quarters of the season, uh, look, we're, we're a Super Bowl contender for sure. So now we're talking about ignoring the numbers and just appreciating what's going on. Chris Carson, everyone's going to say, look, he's ranks 24th in the NFL with 289 yards through five games, but he's had some signature moments, and he's helping out in the past game as well. Do you think we're ever going to see – um, a game this year where he gets that 25, 25 carries, 122 touchdowns. And do we even need to see that at all? As long as they're winning, it, should we be okay with Chris Carson getting fed the way he is? Yeah, I, I, I heard somebody talk about Drake, the, the running back for Arizona, who's very good. He's, he's my, actually, he's my biggest concern going into this game, as, as, as well as Hopkins and Murray are, uh, too. But um, he has about 35, 40 more carries than Chris Carson. People say, well, he's got to carry the ball more. We're 5-0. and Why do we need to have him, to, what, to fill up the stat sheet? <laughs> yes, I don't, precisely. And, again, I get that we've got to have stuff to talk about. we got two hours to fill. So we got to talk a little bit about what needs yeah. to get better, right? Yeah. But it, every week is a new week. Find a way to get the alphabet W and then move on to the next one. And statistics don't matter. Russell Wilson, he's playing at a high level. He's, he's still playing the, more than at a high level. He's still the MVP in my book. I yes. was waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers did to see if he was kind of going to stay in the race. Right now, I think it's all Russell Wilson. Let's talk about that last drive again. I mean, it's been a couple weeks, so it's kind of fresh Four, to us weeks. all over again. Four, in dog years, remember? Dog 14, years, sorry. Yeah. 14 weeks in, dog, in dog, weeks. Dog, dog weeks. Dog weeks. Um, his ability to kind of lock things in. I was talking on a podcast with Nas, Nas Achobe earlier today, and I was like, when things are going bad, I realize they're going bad, and I'm like, we need to turn this thing around. When things are going good, I'm like, all right, things are going good. Let's keep this thing rolling. But he has a way of staying kind of right in the middle of things and attacking every situation the same way. I didn't have that capability. What were you like as a player? <laughs> oh, man, you're going to go from Russell playing at the, one of the greatest <laughs> levels ever, hey. and how was I as a player? Oh, man, that's not even clear. People don't even want to hear about that. Um, I think we all think we're – in the moment, we we didn't. You don't play in the NFL if you don't, you know, have some sense and feel for the game, right? Um, I'm gonna talk though about Russell Wilson okay. in that last drive, and I do remember it was actually the very first play at that drive. And we're backed up, mm-hmm. right? He goes back to pass it. I don't know what he. I I have no idea why he decided to take off and run. I, well, I do after I watch the film uh-huh. and how he sensed it, but he sensed this rush coming from his right. It was actually before it got there, and he took off at the perfect time, and he, and that got him out of the hole and really started that drive along the way. He only completed a couple passes in that drive, but it was just a, a scramble ability. It was the big play when he needed it. Um, there's just there's no way to describe him. And you're right, Aaron Rodgers is who I thought he is, okay. or or what? It meant. That's probably bad grammar. <laughs> He is, he's, there are some guys that no one likes pressure. No one likes to get hit. There are some, though, that are worse than others. He's one of them. He will not stand there. He will not stand and, and step into the throw. He's always throwing off his back foot. He, his body language completely changed, and that's what separates him from Russell Wilson. Russell's body language never changes. Never changes. It's the next play. It's the, the new hope. I mean, every play is a new hope. He is so special. He is playing 
not just great. You guys, he's playing at a, at a top three level all time. That's how good he's playing right now. So uh, I can't put myself any experience like he has. <laughs> well, neither can I, Paul. Neither can I. Well, but, I was going to ask you, but we're probably out of time. We're out of time. All right. <laughs> well, we talked about the Vikings coming up next. We'll dive into the Seahawks Week 7 opponent with Darren Urban from thecardinals.com right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 p.m., right here on 710 ESPN. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer. And now we get to talk to Darren Urban from Cardinals.com. Darren, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We are doing okay. Now, I wanted to ask you a question about a certain player, but my compadre here <laughs> is going to shoot his shot. Take it away there, Paul. Oh, we're starting it out. Well, first of all, I mean, Arizona, I don't know if it's a surprise. I mean, really good football team. Look, looked good last week. But we, we've got a local kid here, went to University of Washington, also Bellevue High School. And I, I, I can't say I coached him. Uh, he was a freshman uh, when I was, was coaching at Bellevue High School. But Buda Baker. And knew he was going to be special. But just share what, what he is more, more, as a player and even just as a person, what you know about him. Well, I mean, Buddha's a, a great kid. That uh, that's, that's, goes without saying. Um, he's one of my favorite guys on the team. Uh, and he's really blossomed into exactly what they were hoping he was going to be when they took him and they traded up for him in the second round to get him, which was a, a dynamic – uh, force on the back end of the defense. Um, he made the Pro Bowl last year, um, but he is playing easily his best football over these first six games. Actually, five games. He missed the game because he had to have some surgery. He only missed one game, and they m- missed him dearly, and then he came back and was playing unbelievable. And, and the, the just where he was Monday night, all over the field, forcing a fumble, getting an interception, delivering a sack, uh, he is. Uh, he, he just has no regard for his body. Um, he is everything you want in a football player, and um, it, he absolutely is going to earn a Pro Bowl spot again this year, just because he's that good of a player now. Hey, Darren, me and Paul were sitting here talking about Kyler Murray and how his, I guess, mechanics aren't traditional. He, he flicks his wrist. He falls away, falls out of throws. Is that a concern when he goes nine for twenty-four? Is that something that's brought up or? Are the coaches just ready to deal with that and move on? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the numbers themselves, you, you want to do better than 9 for 24. And he has missed some throws uh, that he doesn't, he shouldn't be missing. Let's put it that way. Um, some of the other throws he missed the other day had to do with where the receivers were or not being on the same page as, as much as accuracy. And, and the reality is, is, um, you know, you, you can't be doing that every game, but at the same time, uh, for a guy that went nine for 24, he, he dominated that game because of his legs, because of the, some of the throws he did hit. So um, I think if he's able to fix some of those issues, they're only going to jump as, in terms of an offense. I don't think he, – he hasn't been as accurate this year as he was last year. I'm not sure what the reason was, but I don't think there's a whole lot of concern at this point. What what are they offensively? I mean, you know the identity of every team, you know, going in and, you know, whether they're a throwing team or running team, you know, what do they want to do? I mean, they obviously, they've got talent across the board. I mean, they can throw it, they can run it. But what, what is their philosophy, you think, going into each game? Well, ultimately, um, 
you know, look, I don't think there's maybe with the exception of Tennessee, and even then I would I would worry about that a little bit. I mean, in the NFL these days, if you're not a throwing team, you're not going to win significant games. You might you might be able to run a lot, but you better be able to throw, or you're not going to win a title, in my opinion. So um, ultimately. With Cliff Kingsbury, he wants to be able to throw the ball. But, you know, what makes the Cardinals' offense go right now is having some balance. They, they finally got Kenyon Drake going a little bit. And the X factor of Kyler Murray potentially running the ball. And we've seen it with what the Baltimore Ravens were doing. It's, it's a different kind of running than what the Baltimore Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson. I don't think anybody's thinking Lamar Jackson is the pure passer that an Aaron Rodgers is. But because of his threat to run the ball, it makes their running game that much better, and it makes their passing game that much better. And that's what we saw Monday night. It's basically an offense that revolves around Kyler Murray. They're going to want to throw it uh, a lot when it's there. Um, but ultimately, when they run it, are you worried about Kyler Murray doing a zone read or keeping it himself? Are you worried on a passing play? of Kyler Murray scrambling and beating you for 15 yards when you think you've got all your guys covered. Um, I mean, that's the other part about this team. You can't always go by the number of passing attempts versus running attempts because a handful of those running attempts every game is going to be a pass play that Kyler just turned into a running play. So I think ultimately it's, it's an offense that revolves around Kyler Murray. And if he's hot throwing the ball, you can go there and if he's not, you can still kind of fall back on him kind of anchoring a running attack and doing it that way. Darren, I'm a receiver guy, so I love seeing receivers go to work. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, 47 receptions, 601 yards, two touchdowns in six games. What has it been like to watch him go to work up close? He's, he's everything everybody said he was going to be, and that was what was really going to be interesting. I mean, this team, uh, you, you guys have mentioned Buda Baker, this team – signed two players to very large extensions during training camp. It was Buda Baker and it was DeAndre Hopkins. And we all know that sometimes when guys get big contracts, that can kind of change how things go. And both those guys are, you could make the argument that those two guys have been the best two players on this team. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has been excellent. Uh, he's still learning Kyler Murray. He's still learning this offense, not having the offseason, I don't think helped. But, I mean, Again, you look at it, he's leading the league in yards uh, yards receiving. He's got all the catches. Like, he might be leading the league in receptions, I'm not sure. Um, and, and that's without a ton of practice in training camp, and that's without time with Kyler Murray. And I think those two are only going to get better as they learn each other's game a little bit more. And uh, he's everything he's everything that everybody said he was. And I would be surprised if he's not an all-pro again this year for a four-straight year. You guys are there, there's some talent on this team. We we knew that going in. We we talked about it as our broadcast. You know what's the team that you you're worried about, and it's it's Arizona and lots of Murray and some big names. Mention some names maybe our our listeners don't know anything about that uh, are having really good years. Well, I, I would probably flip to the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know. The Seattle game will be easily the the biggest test for this defense, especially now that Chandler Jones is out for the season because he uh, tore his bicep muscle. Um, But they've gotten some really nice play from uh, Byron Murphy of late, another Washington product uh, who's playing. He had his best game uh, of his career last week against Dallas. Uh, They've had a nice start from Jordan Phillips, 
uh, a free agent signee, defensive lineman who came from Buffalo. Uh, he's played solid football since he came on. And then Devondre Campbell, uh, who is another free agent, used to play for the Falcons. He's really solidified the inside linebacking core. Those, those guys pop into my head. And then finally, uh, Hassan Reddick, who was a former first-round pick, they tried to make him an inside linebacker for three years. It looked like he was basically a washout. Uh, they finally moved him to outside linebacker at the end of last year. And now with Jones out, he's out there. And I, nobody's going to sit here and say he's Chandler Jones, but he is clearly back to where he's most comfortable, which is rushing the passer. And he's had a very nice season so far. So they've, they've made improvements on defense compared to where they were last year. I, I know one thing, uh, Darren. Uh, Bump loves all those Washington Husky great players uh, from negative at, at uh, he's he's a, a cougar so that that hurt him Darren <laughs> Darren well I, I appreciate you uh, shedding light on some UW guys one day Arizona Cardinals will wisen up and take some cougars but until then Darren we appreciate hey. you taking some time out of your day man they, they do have Jalen Thompson who could play this week coming off IR so there there is one cougar there there we go we got one there you go appreciate you Darren all right Darren all right, thank thanks. you all right, coming up next, we chat with Seahawks tied in Uncle Will Disley right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 p.m., right here on 710 ESPN. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moria. And right now, we get to talk to Will Disley. Will, how you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, man. How are you guys? Hey, Rob, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Now, I got a confession to make, Will. I am a, a Washington State Cougar. Oh. You are my favorite Husky of all time, Will. I'm just going to throw that out there real quick, man. That's hard for me to say on air, but I love watching you play. I had to get that out the way, Paul. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask him, why is he your favorite player? Just because he's, he's versatile. He yeah. started off as a DN. Now he's playing tight end. He's one of the best tight ends in the game. That's why. That's a great transition right there. Well, I, look, I've always liked you, Will. I went to Arizona State, but I'm a Husky fan because I've been here for 30-plus years. Hey, um, Will, he, he mentioned you weren't always a tight end. Talk, talk about your, just your time when you were at UW. You were, you were playing on a defensive line. What, what happened there, and, and how did the whole switch come about? Yeah, I mean, I, I played both ways in high school and, uh, you know, just having fun playing the game that I love and uh, went to UW and, and they thought I was best suited to play D line. And in my true freshman year, you know, we had an unbelievable year. We had Danny Shelton and Haliki Kaha, and um, you know they had a record-setting sack year, and it was really fun to be a part of. And then going, those guys all graduated and going into year two, you know, thought I was going to be the guy. And um, you know, again, we kind of fell behind some studs. I mean, Travis Feeney, who you know played in the NFL for a little while, and then Corey Littleton, obviously, we kind of know him from the Rams, and now he's with the Raiders. So. Um, just kind of fell behind the depth chart and things didn't really go the way that I thought and the way the coaches thought it was going to go. And, but that's, that's kind of life. And, um, you know, about the bowl game, I think it was, um, you know, coach was running a, like a seven on seven drill. And I said, Hey, let me jump in here. And I remember jumping in and I think I ran a you know six yard sit route and caught a ball and, you know, threw the ball back, had a laugh, and, you know, I think it was Jadon Mickens, he was a senior wide receiver at the time, was like, hey, man, you just you just got yourself a spot on the offense. And I was like, get out of here, man. I was just having fun. And sure enough, <clears throat> that's, you know, they gave me a few plays in that bowl game, and 
Um, then Coach Pete asked me full-time in spring if I wanted to switch to tight end. And, you know, at the time I was just looking to play, looking to help the team win. And, you know, I think that, that junior year when I was full-time tight end, we went and won a Pac-12 championship and, um, you know, played Bama in the, in the Final Four. So it was fun. You know, I, I'm really thankful for the transition. I kind of am thankful for the mindset of just taking it day by day and, um, you know, not, not letting the frustration of, you know, not succeeding as a de- defensive lineman get me down and just trying to enjoy the game that I love and attack each day. And um, it's led me to this point and it's carried me this far in my, my career and hopefully further. Did you always have good hands? Or was it something you thought, okay, I can make this transition? I, I, I figure you probably thought you were tough enough to be able to block. But it's the other things, you know, obviously running routes and hands. But did you always have good hands? And, and how has that progressed over the years? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's funny we were talking about this today and just, uh, you know, how Russ is a multi-sport athlete playing baseball and I think he played a little basketball and, and I was no different. I mean, I played every sport I could imagine, you know, hockey, track and field, basketball, baseball, um, soccer when I was a little kid. And um, I think that contributed a ton. I had two older brothers and, you know, pretty much when we were playing, we were playing catch and um, with my dad and everything that went along with it. Um, that definitely contributed. So, I, you know, I kind of knew I had that ability. Um, but uh, you got to showcase when the ball's from you. You just got to catch it. So, um, I don't know. And three makes it easy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I had a couple major injuries in my career. And uh, I remember I was with the Hawks. I had the same injury that Cody Parks has had. And I made, in the middle of practice, I made the Hawks take me back to the hospital and show me the x-rays you seem to be so mentally tough where did you get that from or has that something that developed over the past couple years Uh, i think it's i think it's developed i think uh you know actually it's it's interesting it actually started with reading books um i mean i'm i'm from montana so i take a lot of pride in in being a tough guy and but the mentally tough is a whole different ball game and just you know having that discipline of um focusing daily on, on what you want to get done and and trying to ignore the negativity and, and, and being neutral, Russ talks about it, maybe sometimes being positive, whatever it takes. But it really started for me was reading books. I read The Slide Edge and um, just, you know, taking the power of, of building, you know, daily daily actions to, to make something great. And I really believe in that. And then I took that and it went into a rehab. And so I said, all right, I know if you do small actions daily, you know, you can you can do something great. So let's do that with this rehab and, you know, you know, after the fact, everyone told me that it was one of the hardest injuries to come back for, but I supplied what I knew, which was, you know, to do the little things, right? To eat right, to sleep right, to go and work my tail off every day. And then, you know, the following year, you come back healthy and we were playing games again. And um, I just applied the same thing to the second year. So just reading books is really kind of how it started, which is kind of funny. You don't know where it comes from, but, you know, you're, you're going to learn life lessons somehow. So I was hopefully you know, grateful to apply it. You know, well, I... That's um, I was thinking after the first injury, you know, that that reading that book and implying all that you're going, OK, I'm in. But that second time, that second injury, how hard was it to get back on that same process? Uh, yeah, and I, I've, I've been pretty open about this is the the second injury was extremely tough. I mean, I you know, we had worked our tail off and I had given so much credit to, you know, the trainers and. The amazing job that we had done. I was feeling fit was the funny thing and I was feeling strong. I thought my legs were really strong and um, we were playing well and having success. And then to go down, I was like, it was just like you said, did it, did it jeopardize everything that I had known? 
And, it, you know, it threw me in a really dark place. And, I, and I've been able to talk about that. And, and, you know, I've leaned on my family and my friends. And, you know, fortunately, this team is, is really special in how close we all are. And, um, you know, they kind of brought me back out of that. And they were like, just be who you are. You know what I mean? Just be consistent. Be the daily discipline guy. Be positive. You know what I mean? That's who you are. Don't let this change you. Don't let this change your career path. You know, your story's never been perfect, but, you know, it's your story. And so I just had to kind of get through those those dark days and then kind of go into that mindset again of, all right, this is a rehab. I know how to do this, right? I've been through a really gruesome one. I know how to do this. And we just applied the same mindset, and here we are a year later, and good things happen when you when you just devote yourself to daily disciplines. You've got some motivational speaking uh, aspirations down the road. Uh, you're you're going to be hired because you got you got a great story, <laughs> nice. and your message is really good. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I just you know it's funny everyone gets injured. You know, NFL I think it's a hundred percent injury rate, and so it's surprising that we don't you know, have a better grasp of mentally how to get back from these. And um, so I just hope I shed some light, whether it's a senior in high school that just tore his ACL or whatever, any guy on the team that they can look to me and say, how did you do this? And and I just hope that they can believe in themselves and, and their mind is so powerful to get them back. It's awesome. Will, now you've played on some pretty successful teams. You mentioned that UW team that made it to the Final Four. Now you're on a team that is and 5-0, first time in franchise history for the Seahawks. What is the confidence and swag like with this team right now? Do you guys step on the field and just know you're going to get it done? What's it like? I think, uh, you know, there is some confidence, but, you know, anyone that's been on a successful team knows that it comes down to the preparation. I think this team, you know, every week feels like we have something to prove. And, you know, there's there's that chip on that shoulder that that makes us hungry and, and wants us to show that we can beat anyone. And so, there's really no overlooking what we have, and, and there is confidence in what we're able to do, but every week we prepare like we have to play our best, and we have to show it on Sunday. Well, you've got a couple of former players that are playing really good football right now over at Arizona. Buda Baker uh, is one of them. He's, he's special. Well, what can you say about those guys? Do you, do you know their weaknesses, Will? Are, you, are we going to be able to exploit them? They're, tell me they're not as good as they looked last week on film. <laughs> no, they're special <laughs> players for sure. I think, I think you guys who are fans against UW know how special they can be, and um, it'll be a fun reunion. I think all all Husky fans will be watching this one. We got bumped to prime time, so it'll be good to reunite with those guys. And you know, they present a really good challenge. But um, you know, like I said, I, I have confidence in the guys that we have on our side, and um, the preparation is going to be a separation. And um, you know, we'll just have to go out and execute on Sunday. Will, we appreciate you taking time, man. Go do your thing, 6-0. and Here you come. Have a good night, sure, man. Get some rest. I, I got hey. two touchdowns for you this week, okay? Make it happen. I love it. All right. I love it. All right, man. Have a good one. Go Hawks. All right, Will. Thanks, thanks. All right. We got you covered all things Seahawks. On the... Coming up next, we talk to John Clayton, the professor, right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Oh, yeah, we got that funk going, Paul. 710 ESPN, every Thursday at 7 p.m. And when you hear the funk playing, you know we're talking to John Clayton. John, how you doing, man? Good. Is this not the worst football game you've ever seen? (laughs) I mean, this is so bad. I mean, I had to turn on the... 
uh, the election debate just because, I mean, this is so bad. How can Daniel Jones run 80 yards and trip up at the 10-yard line? That's incredible. He's never ran that far in his life, John. I mean, a 40-yard dash was foreign to him, most quarterbacks, at least, especially him. But it did look like all of a sudden he went, this is the farthest I've ever run before. And his leg said, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, but as many interceptions and turnovers as he's had, he's had to chase some plays down at certain points where he had to run a certain amount. So since we're talking about this game, yeah, Jalen Hurst, I mean, they, they bring him in, Not I, my guess is to not to be a backup forever. I, I, I mean, at some point, Wentz, I, they got to make a move, don't they? No. They Why? don't. I mean, this was a stupid decision. It was a stupid decision by the Green Bay Packers to take Jordan Love and trade up for him when you have Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and who wanted to be there for at least four more years. And now, you, because of Jordan Love, you have to get rid of him in two. I mean, here, this is a team... And you saw him twice last year that uh, is weak at wide receiver. They need position players. They're the oldest roster in football. And they take a quarterback in the second round who's not a position player in the deepest second round in NFL history. Absolutely stupid. I mean, it's like, okay, so Taysom Hill goes with New Orleans. They made the mistake of paying him $10 million a year, but he was undrafted. You take away a position player who could do really well. I mean, you know, it could have been a DK Metcalf, you name it, and they take him when they have a you know a quarterback making what thirty two million dollars a year. Stupid. Well, you know, John, it, that kind of hurts me because every year <laughs> I was playing, they drafted a safety, and you kept saying that's a good move. That's a good move. Did I say that? No, um, you didn't. But okay, well, yeah, I, I, I uh, no, think I didn't. did. No, see, see, Paul, I could have told you. I talked to John I didn't say that. two no, times a week, and I ask him every week, "Is it this was the Steve week?" Kelly. Is Steve this... Kelly used to do it. I ask John every week, "Is this the week that Jalen Hurts gets his shot?" Oh, you do. He shoots him me that? down every week. He shoots me down every week. So. He shot me down. He normally doesn't shoot me down that hard, but you know what? That's because it was really your question. It was my question. He okay. knew it. I, I, I set right. you up. because you knew back then, Paul. When I was covering, it's like they were good safeties. There you go. Uh, so there you like, go, John. It's like, it's like, okay, so, gee, should uh, the Seahawks bring back Earl Thomas and uh, have him come in? No, they've got good safeties. You had good safeties. You were a good safety. Everybody was a good safety back then. See, I like John. I'm gonna keep. We're going to keep you, John. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. <laughs> John, when do you think we're going to see Snacks Harrison? I get the feeling this week. I mean, you know, unless there's some complications, you know, as far as his conditioning and all that stuff, you know, they need run stoppers because, and again, it's not like you're going to see a lot of him. I don't know if it's going to be 10 plays, 15 plays, but they need him on the roster this week because, you know, you're in a period right now where four of the next five teams that you're facing can really run the football. And I tell you, I was looking at some stats tonight, and I'm amazed how Cliff Kingsbury has changed since coming in, you know, because he was running, you know, empty, you know, he was running, you know, four receivers, five receivers when he came in. And then he realized, no, this isn't working. I can't totally do my air raid offense. <clears throat> and he went to more two tight ends and they're running a lot of two tight end sets as you see in this entire division. And so, no, I think that, uh, in the end, you need the run stopper to help out, take a little pressure off of Jaron Reed, take a lot of pressure out of Puna Ford, stop the run. Kingsbury still doesn't wear socks, though, so I, I just Doesn't can't he see really? It. Yeah, he's, he's, he's that GQ cool Yeah, that's dude. not good. John, let me ask you about this defense. And I, I, the it, stinky shoes is what you get. Yeah, well, he probably wears a new, fresh pair every, every week. He can afford it. 
John, I've been asked this a bunch, in, or I've been told, you know, the Seahawks need to improve their defense. They've got to bring some people in. But, John, you look at the talent on this defense. You know, in the secondary, you can make a case, you know, they're potentially four pro bowlers. You could say the linebacker. I mean, KJ's playing unbelievable. Bobby, obviously, has been in the pro bowl a bunch. D-line, you got Reed, you know, Mayoa. I, I think there's some players there. Do they need to improve on the on players? What do you think it is? Well, what it comes down to is execution. And I think what ends up happening you know, the team went 5-0. and Troy Aikman said this on Sunday during the broadcast, is that uh, don't judge things this year by yards allowed. Judge it by key stops and wins. This team makes key stops and wins. They're 5-0. and 5-0 and in non-division games, but four of the five quarterbacks they faced are pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks that are 4,000-yard quarterbacks and are going to get yards, and if they're going to be behind by double digits in the second half, they are going to put up yards. And so don't judge the yards, judge the play. And certainly they need to tighten things up. I mean, Shaquille Griffin has tightened things up in his last two games, or actually last three games. That's good. This is going to be a big challenge now to Quentin Dunbar because mostly everything they do in Arizona with the uh, air raid offense is thrown to the left to DeAndre Hopkins, that he needs to stop him. And so you look at that and say, okay, and now really in for the next five games, they're facing running type of offenses. And now it's a matter that's been a little bit of a strength of the team, except for the Minnesota game. So just tighten things up and let Russ win and just try to cut the number of points allowed. So do you, do you think the Seahawks stand pat? Do you think they don't make a trade the rest or up until a trade? I wouldn't level? discount that, but I'll tell you what, it's not like they've stand, standed pat because think about what they've done quietly. And quietly what they've done is really good. Okay, because they they were able to talk four players into coming in to help the defense and get them on the practice squad. Think about this, Paul. And again, it's like I mean, you you were undrafted, so you, in you know, Michael was undrafted. You didn't make you know a lot of money, unfortunately, during your career, particularly in the early years of your contract. But they talked Damon Harrison, who is making nine million dollars a year as a defensive tackle, into taking a practice squad. They talked Michael Kendricks, who at one time was making seven million dollars a year, into taking a practice practice squad spot. You know, Ray Ray Armstrong, who didn't make a lot of money, he's a good special teams player. Practice Squad. Demarius Randall, a former first-round pick, you know, they got him for the practice squad, and now he's on the active roster making the minimum salary. That's adding four players on defense, not a big money, keeps you well under the cap, gives you flexibility, but gives you more talent. Schneider is amazing. He really is. John, we saw the Cardinals on Monday dominate the Dallas Cowboys. Colin Murray didn't play great, but they beat him 38-10. to are the Cardinals that good or are the Cowboys that bad? Cowboys are that bad. I mean, Cardinals are good, but they're not as good as, you know, even I think people think because you think about the idea, they're four and two, and they lost the two games that they should have won, you know, because, you know, Carolina's not good on defense. They lost that game. Detroit's terrible. They lost that game, and it was a home game. And so the, the, that was a great win at the beginning of the season against the 49ers, certainly to blow out a bad Dallas. But I think just like we saw with the Rams, they somewhat are a byproduct of the easy starting schedule that they have because they could have been 6-0 and if they won Detroit and Carolina. And you've got inconsistent throwing by Kyler Murray. I mean, they are a good run team. They're a little bit better on the offensive line. Defensively, they, uh, you know, they're okay. I mean, they're better than I think people thought they were going to be. But again, how much of that is the talent that they faced? All right, John, my favorite 
time of the this segment. Um, what question? <laughs> Again, this is open huh? segment here for you. What what question have you not been asked this week that you've been wanting to talk about? Well, what's going on with Pete Carroll? As far as not, not, I'm not talking about his knee surgery or anything like that. It was just a scope and all that stuff. But what about his future? And it's like, you know, what I haven't been asked about is like, where are they on a contract extension? And what I'm envisioning is that somehow, some way, because I know they've been talking, and I would anticipate he's going to get a two or three year contract extension because it's needed. I mean, he's going to coach into his seventies. He wants to. He keeps on bringing up Marv Levy and how he coached into his seventies. You know, Nick Saban. I mean, he's going to probably will his way to coach to his 115 because that's just Nick Saban. But I think you know, Pete Carroll. I think you know, sometime reasonably soon before the end of the season, is going to contract extension. But nobody's asking me about it. Well, thank you for bringing that. Another great segment. I love this part. I really do. John, what is the likelihood of this team going 6-0? and Maybe, Let's go 7-0 and on the season. I think it's pretty good because, you know, the tough, I think the tougher of the two matchup, and I'm not saying this lightly because of Arizona because against a road game with, I don't know, hardly anybody in a stadium. But, uh, you know, and it's Arizona's a better, I mean, they're still one of the most improved teams in football. The Ram game's still going to be difficult. But what this team has to do now, and I think they have the ability to do it, unfortunately, I don't think there doesn't look as though Jamal Adams, who didn't practice today and yesterday, is going to be there. And they, did, they needed Jamal Adams in a game against a mobile quarterback yeah. like Kyler Murray. But they also need him in a game where uh, Sean McVay is so good at calling the run plays. And also they need him uh, for San Francisco, which is the next week. And Kyle Shanahan's so good at calling the uh, run plays that they need somebody to stop those motion running offensive teams. And so I just get the feeling that the tough game's going to be Buffalo because you got two division games. It's going to take a lot out of them. It's going to be an early game in Buffalo, and that can be tough. I say it's an early game in Buffalo, but then, hey, I thought the uh, Seahawks going to play at 1 o'clock on Sunday, and now they're playing Sunday night, so who knows? I bet you the Seahawks have their first home game this week. They're going to have more fans in the stand than the Arizona Cardinals. Could be. Could yes. be, even though it's not going to make a lot of noise. But, That's all uh, right. Yeah. Well, John, we appreciate you taking time out your day, and as always, keep it funky. See you oh, next time. <laughs> you got to. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks. All right, things just went from bad to worse in Dallas. Unnamed players throwing their coaching staff under the bus for their 2-4 and four start. Who looks worse? Paul Moore and I have both played and coached. We'll give you our thoughts and much more next on Hawks Live. Hawks, Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Hawks Live every Thursday at 7 p.m. on 710 ESPN. You will find me, myself, Michael Bumpus, and my guy, Paul Moyer. Yo! Talking that talk. Yes. This is what we do, Paul. We do. We talk that talk. Yes. Do we walk is... that walk? I do. <laughs> you can't vouch for me? Can I get a voucher? Well, I don't. Yeah, I, I can't vouch for you. But okay. I don't see you during the day. We talk during the day. Yeah. But I don't see you. So I don't get to actually see you walk. That bad segment. Bad start to the segment on my, my <laughs> hey, start. My hey, no worries. Right. What we are what we are going to talk about, these Dallas Cowboys. Somebody said something about a coach. They're not prepared. They leaked a story. Now it's big news. And we have an issue with this. I feel like we're on the same page when it comes to this topic. Yeah. And so I, I'm put a little context to this NFL networks, Jane Slater said the team's coaching or two player unnamed un- sources here. And again, I'm okay with that. I'm sure that 
there were two players that said it, said that the, the team's coaching staff is totally unprepared. They don't teach. The unnamed player told Slater, unnamed player, nine players, they don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. It became a story. And, and the reason why I'm struggling with this is I'm okay with an unnamed source. I think yeah. that's part of the media. They need to go find things. But you, it's part of what, also the issue of the media is you got to put more context to this. Was it a starter? Look, we have 53 players in a 16-player uh, practice squad group now. So we're talking 69 players. Are they disgruntled? Yeah. Were they just mad last week after the game because they looked bad? In the meantime, are you talking about the offense? Are you talking about the defense? Are you talking about the head coach? Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about here? There's levels to this. The offense was the number one offense in the NFL going into last week. Now they lost their Dak Prescott. They put in Andy Dalton. He didn't look Good. They've got. They're beat up on the offensive line. They don't make adjustments on the fly. I'm going to ask you, Michael. How many coaches have you been around in the seven to eleven minutes that you have in halftime? Which, by the way, you got to get in there at halftime. Sometimes you're hurt. You get ice. You get some things. You get maybe some orange. You you get some fluids in you. Some guys got to go to the restroom. You talk amongst yourselves. The coaches talk amongst themselves. They walk out. And you got maybe two minutes. Yep. How many coaches have you known that were unbelievable at changing up your whole system at halftime and coaching on the fly? Not very many. I, I think most of the adjustments happen between amongst the coaches. Yes. They got so many ideas. When they get to the players, it's like, okay, I'm going to hit them with A, B, and C. I'm not going to give them the whole conversation we just had. I'm just going to call a couple plays and, and set guys up. And – the issue I have with it is, who is this player, and are you working as hard as these coaches? Are you staying at the facility until 2 a.m. in the morning, not seeing your family, even if they aren't the greatest coaches? I would like to think an organization like any organization in the NFL has coaches who are being held accountable and who are at least given the perception that they're working hard. I understand players get angry. They don't like the play calling. They they would like guys to be to be handled differently in certain situations, but what are you doing to help the cause? That's what kind of gets me. Yeah, it's it's rarely the scheme. I, some of the best coaches I've had have come come in at halftime. Pete Carroll does this actually, and we we talked about what was the change. He talked about it in his press conference. He goes, he was very calm. He just said, "Look, what we're doing is fine. You know, we've got to execute it better. Sometimes it's just look, we're going to stay the course." We got to execute better. We're going to do the way we're going to speed up the tempo on offense, on defense. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play more press. We're, we're going to make little subtle changes. But I got two minutes, maybe three minutes. Yeah. You're, you're right. I come down to halftime when I, when I was coaching. We would all huddle together as coaches, a, as a group. And then the head coach would say, All right, you know, whatever was said. Sometimes he would have something to say. Sometimes, depending on the the situation, is maybe the coordinators talked amongst each other on how we're going to win the game. Usually we split up immediately. Mm -hmm. Defensive coaches talked immediately. All right, do we keep moving on this game plan? Do we need to make some subtle changes along the way? Great. Then either the coordinator brought the whole defense together or offense, or we broke up into our individual groups and say, mm-hmm. hey, guys, we're good. we got to do this a little better. By the way, here's what they're doing with this formation. Um, th- today, you know, they actually get to see it now on, yeah. on iPads or surfaces. It's That game's changed a little bit. But, again, there's just not enough time to go, all right, guys, you remember that game plan we just spent the last – four days on and i i got in at 6 a.m and i got home at 1 a.m boat away 
Yeah, yeah, it's out. We're we're actually going to go from a three-four defense <laughs> to a bare front that we've never run before. This is going to work great. Let me draw this up real quick. We've never practiced this, but you know what? You're going to execute it. You are going to execute it. All right, so now now we're players. Yes. Now you're Bobby Wagner. I'm Russell Wilson. Can I be Russell right sure. now? Okay. Well, let me, you got to make more money let than me, don't Okay, you? okay. I'll pretend like I'm Russell Wilson. All right. How do we handle this situation? If it's not us leaking this story, which I doubt players of that caliber leak that story, do we find out who it is? Do we call them out? Like, what, what's going on in that locker room? Are we the Seahawks? If we're the Seahawks, okay, because okay. I was thinking okay. Cowboys originally. With the Seahawks, because the Cowboys, I think they've they've lost – their leader, and I—I I don't know if you know. And you know, Ezekiel I don't mean to cut you off, but you're—they lost their leader. Yeah. In this organization, there's a few of them. Yes. I can't think of another one over no, there. No, I agree because yeah. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott's the leader or no. a leader, um, and his body language has been bad this year. You know, he, um, there's no question, question that, that Dak Prescott's the leader. Here, you're right. I think there's a bunch, and if it was the Seahawks, and if Russell Wilson's there, and all of a sudden they said that. That would be addressed as the team. Say, and, and they always say, look, protect the team. You know, the one thing that's great about the Seahawks, I, I'll go into the draft. Nobody's got anything on the Seahawks who they're going to draft. It, it is, it's a written rule. They talk about it. What's said, it's said in here, we don't leak that out to the rest of the world. That's Family what, business. Do you remember when the, some of that stuff got leaked with Richard Sherman and, yeah. uh, you know, Earl and all that stuff, and it got leaked out? It really that hurt, I think, Pete Carroll. I think it hurt some of the, the team players. And guess what? They're not here anymore. You know, you're, you're gone. And I think they've got a group of guys. That wouldn't happen. And if it, if it did, it would be addressed. And it would be shut down shut immediately. Down. Like, that ain't, that's not true. That is a telltale sign of a dysfunctional organization. When I used to go and spend the night at my friend's house, my mom let me go out. She'd go, look. What happens in this house stays in this house. This is family business. You don't go out in the streets and air your dirty laundry and tell everybody what's going on. You know who did that? The bad kids who had stuff going on in their house and didn't understand that. So that's what I'm seeing when I look at that Dallas organization. I'm like, it's just all messed up. Dak hasn't been there for a week or so. Jerry's up top trying to control um, his head coach. It, but the messed up part is it doesn't surprise me that this is happening with the Cowboys. Well, I also think it, it's why it's so important to get guys and, and do your due diligence when you draft guys. How do they handle adversity? You know, you have adversity. I mean, what comes out of you? When it's shaken, you know, whatever you put inside you, it comes back out, right? So um, you, you've got to have leaders. The Seahawks have a lot of leaders. And, it's, again, I think it's why they win. It's not an accident they win these close games. It's not an accident that the offense was horrible last week and the final drive they go down and score the winning touchdown. It's not a surprise. Okay, so who looks worse, the players or the reporter that leaked this? Because that reporter is affiliated with this organization. Yeah, who looks I, worse? Well, I, I think the player does. I would love to question that reporter and say, hey, I'm not saying that the source wasn't there. It's one player. You're talking about one player. Who's that player? And you don't have to give me the name. Is it a starter? Is it truly a credible person? And what was the what's the emotion? But I need more color behind that yeah. to understand because it became a national story. Now McCarthy's got to address it. I thought he could address it a little bit harder on that. So it's just not accurate. It's not true. I don't know who that player is. 
um, talk to the other players on this. And if more players come out, then guess what? Jerry's got to make a change because you got a problem with leadership. McCar- and with the co- McCarthy comes out and says, we have to be men about this situation. He should have just came out and said, look, if you feel a certain way, just address it. Get into the locker room. Talk to me. Let's keep this in-house. You don't go to the media. Yeah, We're weak. the media. You're giving us stuff to talk about. It's weak. It's We're talking player. about Dallas Cowboys and the Hawks are playing Arizona Cardinals on Sunday Night Football, and you guys gave us a whole segment to talk to, talk about. Like, come on, Dallas, do better. I, I honestly, though, would have loved for a reporter to say, are you sure you want to say that? Do you really believe that? Is that how you feel or is that how you think? Yeah. And there's two different things. Is that your emotion or is that truly what you believe? And that, as a reporter, I think you got to pull that out. That So both of them look bad to me. It's all bad in Dallas. Well, coming up next, is this finally the year Pete Carroll wins Coach of the Year? Paul Moyer and I will let you know why he is far and away the most deserving. And if he doesn't win, it's criminal. That's around the corner on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, Hawks Live every Thursday. Paul, I'll give you a hundred bucks. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you tell me whose song that is. Um, that, that was. I, I just can't because we're talking about Deshaun Jackson right now. Okay. It looks like he just blew his knee All out. Right, I'll give you. A I, pass. I can't do both. We don't have enough time for me to do both. <laughs> I'll give I'm going to start pass. playing the music. The the bump coming back in. Okay. You're Let's not going to know any of it. I'm not. No, I'm going to go into the 80s and 90s. No, but I, I, I know the guys putting the music out, so they're going to set me up. They're going to they're gonna volley I'll serve. Look, you're the host. It's the Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. No, this is – you know how football works. It takes 11. Yeah. Okay? Right here? Yeah. Takes three, <laughs> including NASA Chobie. <laughs> All right, let's talk about these Seahawks, and specifically Pete Carroll. This guy has never won Coach of the Year, which I feel like is crazy. I'm looking at his numbers. He had two seasons with 7-9. Okay, we get that. Understand the quarterback situation. After that, 11 wins, 13 wins, 12, 10, 10, 9 a down year, 10, 11, 5 thus far. He's probably going to win, I would say, over 10 games guaranteed this year. Why hasn't this guy gotten any love? Well, this is really frustrating to me. And I was listening to a show, and and the reason why I got frustrated is it was their criteria. And so they threw out – they had uh, – Vrabel is, was their number one guy, and, I, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Nagy. They had Tomlin. I was okay with Tomlin, too. Yeah. Again, I think they're having a good year. Yeah. They threw out the, – the reason why they, – they had Pete Carroll fifth. And the reason why they had Pete Carroll fifth was the other teams weren't expected to win as many games as they had won this year. And I'm like, well, so that's a criteria. If the criteria is, okay, if you weren't expected to make the playoffs or you only expected to win 10 games, but you exceeded that, Mm -hmm. then now you can be the coach of the year. So the Seahawks are undefeated. Undefeated. did anybody think the Seahawks would be undefeated? Not only are they undefeated, 5-0 and for the first time in franchise history. He's doing something here that's never been done, yet he's on the outside of the bubble looking in. And he's the, win- most, he's the most winning coach since uh, Russell Wilson's coming, and maybe Belichick's got him. Uh, they're, they're one, two, three, whatever. He's certainly the most consistent along with Belichick along the way. Uh, at one point, I think you know, Green Bay was there too, but you know they got a new coach. So I, I really don't get the criteria. To me, it's who is the best coach that year. Not 
I I have the best team. Okay, well, if, okay, I have the best team. I go fifteen and one. I I don't get to get the the. MVP or coach of the year. Look, I, John Schneider's another one. Yep. How in the world do you take a guy, and I even think maybe there's even more disservice to John Schneider. Do you remember when he first got here, the amount of trades he made, transactions? Yeah. It was insane. They they made the playoffs. They, they put together a team out of nothing. You know, they end up changing, you know, Matt Hasselbeck. They bring in a new quarterback. They draft one of the great drafts, you know, over, you know, really 2012, 11, 13 were, were amazing drafts. They get Russell Wilson. He's never been the the or the GM of the year. I, I just, I don't know what it takes. It's really frustrating to me. And at the same time, you know, I hate that stuff. Yeah. I hate the MVP. Yeah. I, it's it's a, a team fan. game. No, I hate it. It's just, and by the way, there hasn't been an MVP of the league win a Super Bowl going back to 2000. Or, or, so maybe we don't want so Russell pump, to get pump this the year, on the MVP. But at the same time, Russell has a way of breaking molds, breaking history. He's one of those who says, oh, no, I'm going to win the MVP and going to win the Super Bowl. And And I'm also going to be an owner and I'm going to be the president of the United States. Russell Wilson, if he says he's going to the moon by 2022, I'm I'm just going to be like, all right, where do I invest? I want to send Russell to the moon. Pete Carroll Carroll has changed the identity of this team just this year. They were a run-first team. They were double tight. We're going to run the football. Our running backs are going to get the ball 25, 30 times. The fact that a 69-year-old man is able to say, okay, I'm going to switch it up this year, or I'm going to allow my offensive coordinator to switch it up. I'm going to give my quarterback the keys to the car. Finally, without the GPS, without the tracker on it, I'm going to let him go drive the whip. You can get back by 2 a.m. as long as it's all good. He has reinvented himself, and yet he's not being talked about in the coach of the year, and it's just disrespectful. But I'm so used to being disrespected in the Northwest. I mean, that's just that's part of being in the Northwest is that people kind of ignore you. They look over you. They say, well, there's a guy over here who's doing this. There's a guy over there who's doing that. There's no way that there's a coach of the year in Seattle, and it's frustrating at times. But I also think that being overlooked is kind of what drives this team as well. It's that you look in a locker room, and now they have something to kind of bond with. We're underdogs. No one believes in us. They think we're frauds. We're 5-0. and oh. No one believes in us. So I, I am frustrated, but I'm all, I also embrace it and say, all right. So, Pete, you know if, if we ask that question, he got, ah, I don't even think about it. Yeah, of course. But do you think it bothers him? I mean, as successful yes, as he's been. I think it does. I mean, it is really, and I think maybe even part of it, because it's a popularity vote to an extent. I mean, Bruce Arians has won it twice. Come on. Goodness gracious. I mean, that's when it starts to become a joke along the way. But I'm going, okay, I also think some of it, I talk with people. They think for some reason they don't like Pete because of his USC days, blaming you know, the whole Bush thing on him. And I go, you don't even know this guy. I mean, he's he's a good guy. I mean, look what he's done. He's, you know, a, a player's coach like nobody has ever really been. That USC, that's that's a horrible argument for people. Players but do this, But players I truly do believe, things. I believe, because it's a media thing, right? Yeah. I truly believe they do. Yeah, but players do things that coaches don't know about. There's no, I mean, that I mean, they, they, they ridiculous. Can't, they can't keep Bush's parents who are down in San Diego. Yes. I'm like, look, don't get me wrong. I think every head coach, the good ones, they've got their ear out there. They've got their people knowing and they're reporting back. But there's some things that 
I have no control over that. Yeah. And even if I knew about it, what, what am I going to do about it? You know, it's them talking to an agent. I mean, that's, that was crazy. But for that to hang over Pete this long, and I, I have friends down in California that talk negative about Pete, and I go, the guy's a great guy. I go, just listen to him. I mean, you'd love to hang out with him. He's so motivational. So, what? all right, real quick, who do you think, give me the the top three uh, head coach MVPs? Pete Carroll. Yeah. Tomlin. Fabril. Yeah. Uh, and all three of them are undefeated. Yeah. And rightfully so, because yeah. nobody thought those three teams were going to be undefeated right now. Tennessee, no. No. Pittsburgh, I, I hold a, a soft spot in my heart for Pittsburgh, because they always seem like they find a way – to get it done with Ben Roethlisberger coming off the injury that he had. He's a different quarterback. He's not launching it down the field 50 yards like he used to, but Ben Roethlisberger is a winner. I don't care what his arm, what type of condition it's in. He's going to find a way to get it done and you match it up with Tomlin. So I give them hope every single year, but Vrabel is the one when he, when he called that, um, Attentional. I, I know he, he threw it on the rug and so said he didn't do it. 12 men on the field to stop the clock? No, he knows what he's doing. Come on now. Look, he was a Belichick when he was a player. Genius. But when I watched Hard Knocks when he was at Houston, and I, he was a linebacker coach. He wasn't even the defensive coordinator. And I watched how he handled the linebackers. I went, oh, that is a leader. I mean, he he didn't play. He knew He, he just knew the right words. He didn't treat everybody equal but fairly. Um, that's a leader, and I knew he was going to be a really good head coach, and he's proven that. Have you seen him now? He's still in the drills. He's still got pads on his chest, fitting guys up. That's a dude those I would play those for. Those aren't pads. Well, what do you, you, what do you call older. those? No, what do you no, call I'm those? Just, yeah, there, it's a pad. Okay. What do you call it then, Paul? I'm just, I'm just, Come on, educate me. Tell me something. <laughs> I can't. I'm messing with you. You're messing with me. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's two a time down in Miami. Should a team that has won two straight by a score of 67 to 17 be making a change at QB? I'll get Paul's thoughts as we go around the NFL. Coming up next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Every Thursday, you will catch me, myself, Michael Bumpus, and my god, Paul Moyer, every Thursday, 7 p.m., 710 ESPN. And you know what? Yep. We're going around the NFL. So it's my favorite time. And I love what the Miami Dolphins are doing. This is what the people are here to see. They don't want to see Fitzpatrick. What? They don't want to see the beard. They want to see the guy who stepped into the national championship game and tossed some dimes to win it for him. Tua, I'm not going to say his last name. I'm not going to say his full name because I'm going to jack it up. So it's Tua. I like this move. This is the franchise. He has one of the highest-selling jerseys in the game right now. People want to see him go to work. Let him work. What do you think, Paul? So you're talking as a fan. I get that. Oh, You're a fan. Wow. You want to buy his jersey. You just said it. No, I just said, said, did I say I want to buy his jersey? You, well, I said the people want to see it. Right, but I'm, you're I'm coming not from, the people. But you're coming from I don't. F- I don't cheer for the Dolphins. But you're coming this from is the, the fans. This standpoint. is the future. Let him go now. Let him run. You want to okay. win a division? Forget the division. Don't make me mute you. Develop your guy. Don't make me mute you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's, <laughs> here's my only thing. My only thing is, and, and look, early on, I'm like, why, why, why wouldn't you play to him? Yeah. I mean, he's he's your guy. He's the future. I've never been really a Fitzpatrick fan, but you just won your last two games by a combined score of sixty-seven to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Played the Seahawks pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, 
they did. I mean, he, he moved the football, had big numbers again against Seahawks. You're in a playoff hunt now. And now during a bye week, two has not, he took two snaps. He scrambled on one. I mean, didn't he? I don't know what he threw for. It's just I've never seen a team in a playoff hunt after two big wins. They got some momentum. They're feeling good about themselves. Other than the 49ers when Alex Smith got hurt and Kaepernick came in, but the difference was Kaepernick played and, and Alex Smith never got his his job back. Even though they were six and two. They were six and two and they benched Alex Smith and everybody was like, Oh, it's but you you saw that, you know, Cap had that potential to be better. This one, I'm just going, you got a rookie quarterback. Nah. He's I, not played it down. I tell you I'll tell you why. Because we're talking about practice. Practice. He's balling in practice. Practice. He's doing something practice. in practice. We talk we're about talking about practice. We're talking about practice. All right. He's doing he's doing something in practice to where Flores is like, you know what, coach, we got to let this guy go. So, look, if you go with Nick Saban, same thing. They bench Hurst going into the second half. They they were, you know had a phenomenal year. You get a gut feeling, and I think that's probably what uh, Flores. Same thing. He's got a gut feeling. He yeah. knows his team. Got to go with. It's it. just weird. They. They're in a playoff hunt. They're playing good football. They can always go back to Fitzpatrick if they need to, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the locker room's probably fine with it, but I really would be curious about the locker room. You know, saying, hey, we, we want a chance to win. They must believe that two is ready, and that's what we don't know. It's just this was the one of the weirdest benchings. It is. Coming off. I agree. Two big wins, and he's playing the, the best of his QBR rating is seventh in the league. Yeah, but he, he he's going to. Yeah, I know. He, he's he's going to throw an interception. It eventually. It's I get it. Okay. okay. So now, yes. the big story. Bring it on. Antonio Bring Brown. Him on. He is linked to the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. I feel like the fifth time in two years. Yes. Guys are reluctant. They don't want him in. I'm saying guys. What? Meaning, meaning, the, meaning the, the, the people. Okay. The 12s. The fans. Some, most are reluctant. Coming from a fan Some point of view are not. Again. I like hey, it. See, see, I don't like how you're setting me up right now. Okay, I don't, <laughs> it's just I don't, a debate, I don't man. Like it's it. a debate. You hey, didn't like how? Okay. I, I get it. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. It. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. Right. Me personally, would the, you sign them? The reasons why I don't like it is because I feel like there's enough on the football field to get it done. Will he make this receiving core better? Yes. But I also think that I want DK to develop in an environment that's conducive to him being a superstar. I don't know what A.B.'s attitude is going to be like. Is he going to be okay coming in and being the fourth receiver? Because David Moore has earned his right to be the third receiver. Does A.B. just come in and say, hey, Demo, you out of here? Yeah. The same guy who was mad at 17 targets in a game, is he going to be okay coming in here and saying, you know what, I'm going to get my five targets. Okay. I'm going to get my four targets. Uh, and, and I get that. To me, it's a feeling, right? I mean, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I would say there's times where we feel a certain. I would say, is that how you feel, or is that what you really think? Because I no, that's I, what I think. So you think because I, you, I think that do you think that by not signing uh, AB that we would have a better chance of going and winning the Super Bowl, or would we have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl if we signed AB? Because mm. now because you, you went with a little bit with DK. Mm. And his development and all that stuff. So it's, me, there's me, there's contingencies in there. You owned it, so his, that's all I wanted to hear. His mind has to be right. I don't know if his mind is right. I know. I don't know if his mind is right. That's a feeling. I don't know if his mind is right. That's a feeling. You don't know if his mind is right. No, I right. know. So if, me, if we're just talking about the player, I'll take the player. I'll take the player 
in 2016, 17 who was out there just having fun playing ball. I'll take that guy. Okay. In my debate, I got the mm. Okay. And that that's that was volumes to me. So let me let me frame this. First of all, let's take the off field issues off the table. Okay. If the Seahawks bring him in and sign him, they've done their due diligence. They feel comfortable. So I need to take that off because what does that mean? Due diligence, like they they've talked to him and say, look, this is this is going to be your role. Well, no, are you okay I, with this role? Well, it would certainly be part of that before they signed him. The other would be, what have you been doing? What have you been doing off the field? Have you been seeing a psych, psychologists and just how have you changed your life? And so there's that due diligence. Are you are they comfortable bringing him in? Again, I don't know that. We yeah. don't know that. Yeah. So I have to take that part off the table because okay. we'll start to get into discussion of the off the field. Do you sign him because of the off the field issues? And to me, it's that's a separate issue. He's he's better. That's that's where I'm starting with. So do I bring? So you're him starting in? with he's better because they are entertaining this. I, so I'm bring, I'm bringing him in purely as a player right now. Okay. Do we sign him or do we not sign him? As a him? player, yes, you sign him. And 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 as the player, there are parts of maybe his ego. You know, I'm, forget the offense. It's the ego. I need catches. How am I going to be in the locker room? Here's why I say we absolutely sign him. If the Seahawks have done their due diligence, they're comfortable with the off-the-field stuff. Absolutely sign. Here's why. One is it's different. The difference is he has to prove himself. He, 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 cannot, he can't stumble at all if he wants a long-term contract next year. We get him for half a season. The contract is completely built in our favor. So there's a no risk. You step out of line at all, we let you go. The other part is you're in a prove-it mode. We're an offense that we don't go to one guy. Everybody's live. And by the way, it's not that he's the third guy. I'm putting four wide receivers out there. Uh, if you want Demo, prove it. Uh, it. This is a prove it team. And Russell will say, if you are working it, whatever that scheme is, I'll find you if you're open. I'll find you. I think locker room, he's going to be fine. He was with Russell all offseason. You're putting a lot of faith. So You're, no, you're walking by faith is what you're doing right you now. Can you mute him? You're, no, I'm teasing. You're walking by faith. No. So I'm just telling you what I think. I think that because of the situation, the contract, he's worked with Russell. Russell knows him. Percy Harvin, some people say, well, I'm comparing it to that. You remember what happened with Percy Harvin when we signed him? I go, yeah, we won a Super Bowl. Now, and, he, and he took one to the house. And he took one to the house. Now, look, we end up getting rid of Golden Tate because there was some friction there. And be, because we were so vested in Harvey with his contract and we traded for him, that there wasn't much we can do. That's not the case here. Contract would be in Seahawks' favor for half a season. Prove it to me. you got to be a model citizen. Leverage. And by the way, I leverage. would have him live with Russell Wilson. <laughs> no, I'm not. Someone else laughed at that. I would absolutely. He ain't living in my house. His house is big enough. It would li- be like down he, the street. He ain't living in my house. No, in your house. Remember, in, in Russell's, Russell's house. house, it would be like him living two houses down. See, now I'm thinking, I'm thinking long term. No, no, this no, is no, short no. term. Even, even short term, even if it's okay this For year. For this year. I don't want anything to derail what DK is becoming. I want to win and, Super Bowl. And there's nothing that he's done that says he's going to uplift DK and lock uh, This it. isn't about. There's nothing that I'm says he's li- going to. Uplift he, but that's what he has to do for this no, team to be no, successful. He no. can't come in and, and so you don't and, think and Russell's want, want leadership. You don't think his leadership and what he knows about him is good enough. No, I think it is. I, I trust it. I, I trust it. If Russell wants him, then I'm okay with it. I'm asking questions. Okay, I'm going. I'm, I'm just saying, like, look, 
Look, these are, the things, games. these are the things that I'm concerned Eight games about. I'm concerned playoffs. about these things. I sit down with you, A.B., here's the deal. You're going to get four or five targets, and if you're working hard and the defense shifts over to Tyler and D.K., you're going to get six to seven targets. We might throw a I reverse hope, for you. I hope you. you're right. Bro. So here's the deal. I hope you're right. The independent voters came to my side. I hope you're I think right. I won that debate. I think you won it. Thank oh, you. Yeah, I, hey, hey, and if We're you win them. it, if you win it, I'm not mad. I'm not mad that you won that. I'm not mad if he's in the jersey. Right. I just have concerns once he puts it on you and he that. plays a game and there's only 25 attempts and he gets three targets, is he going to be able to rely on his counseling, on all his 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 teachings over Can the I past close year? This? Can I close it? So, no, I don't, I don't know. Real quick. Let so me no, hear you. I don't, so I don't know. I feel like it could be a disruption. I feel like the locker room's at risk. I feel like the Seahawks won't sign him for a bunch of reasons. But feelings don't win Super Bowls. It's about winning, and I think the Seahawks <laughs> sign him and win the Super Bowl when they do. Hey. I'm going with my thought rather than my feelings. I hope you're right. We got to go to commercial. I won that. No, nah, no, nah, we just got to keep going. <laughs> got to keep going. <laughs> hey, you guys let us know what you think. Text us. I've been looking at the text lines. We got a couple texts. But coming up next, we'll give you our final thoughts in the Seahawks key to victory right here on Hawks Live. Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Every Thursday, find us here on 710 ESPN at 7 o'clock. Me, myself, and my guy, Paul Moyer, will be giving you our thoughts, our perspectives. Hey, I'm not going to lie, Paul. I missed you, man. I missed you. It's been 14 weeks and dog weeks. 14 weeks and dog weeks. That's, yeah. a, that's a long time. Two I, weeks, two weeks. I weeks. got a dog, a little Labradoodle named Lulu. A la- you Okay. <laughs> I, you are not a Labradoodle kind of guy. I'm not. My wife is, though. So, you know, happy wife, happy life. That's what one guy told me, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to run with that and keep that going. Well, so real quick, I've been married over 30 years, so this is not the case, but I would say unhappy wife unhappy life yeah i like that better happy honestly. wife just like good like you know i'm i'm good but when they're not happy then... jen if you're listening bump's doing a great job he's been talking about you all show <laughs> i just want you to put that out there bump's doing a great job he loves you very much Thank you. exactly Thank that's you. what i was thinking too. my guy nass right there it's that new love so i that, that last segment was good we got a few te- actually we got hundreds of texts a lot of them uh, looks Keep like them coming looks like they're they're leaning towards my side i don't know I would, remember, say, and, and I would remember, say it's 51-49 bump. But that's only because some of them took the off-field stuff. So remember, this isn't about this is about just the player. Yeah. He's a player. And I'm with you. Right. Player. Right. You, you talk about no acronyms for for uh <laughs> <laughs> for the 206, no acronyms okay. for Antonio Brown. No ABs. No no ABs right. apparently. But right. uh if we're taking Antonio Brown, one of the greatest receivers of all time, he enhances this football team. You know who would not be happy about it? Who's and that? we'll move on. Would be Demo. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's like, wait a minute. Look, there's 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 plenty to go around. Plenty to go around. Is there plenty? There's not plenty. Oh, there's plenty. There's not plenty. Look, for you and I, it's more of, you and me, it's more of one is plenty. Right? <laughs> D- Demo, if he gets a couple, he's he's good. A couple um, targets. As long as Demo gets a fade ball. What am I doing right now? Hey, hey. Slipping the Super Bowl ring on my finger. That's all that matters. I feel you. Let me have it. I feel you. 
I'd love to know, you know what would be really good is if we had, like, and they wouldn't give us the truth, but we had Jamal Adams and Bobby, the, right. you know, the leaders of like, the what team. What do they think about what this? What do they think? Because, yeah. look, and here's why it's different. I'm sorry, we're, we're actually debating this again, but what's, what will be different about this is all the players, the, the, the leaders, will have an input on this. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll have to be bought in. Yeah. And oh, yeah, for so sure. they bring do, them do you, in. Do you think Snyder and Pete Carroll are talking to Absolutely. Russell Wilson, Absolutely. Bobby, KJ? No question. They're talking to them about No question. It. Yeah. You know, I, well, one, that's their, their MO. Sorry. That's their what they like to do. Um, and that's been their <laughs> history. Uh, yes. And something like this, this big, where it does, it could affect the, the team and how it was structured. Yeah, and look, I mean, look, we already know Russell uh, would love to have him here. And he has a different opinion on him as a person and probably some other people. But, again, purely as a player, that to me is a conversation. It's just as a player, would you bring him in? And for me, I'm bringing him in. We'll bring him in. Yeah. All right, okay, so for this team to go 6-0, and yeah, what needs to happen? I'll tell you what I think needs to happen first, and then you holler at me. Okay. I think that this defense needs to be – a top 10 rush defense in the league. This defense needs to make sure that they hope they contain Kyler Murray, that Drake doesn't run like crazy, because mm-hmm. this is the fourth ranked rushing offense in the NFL. Low key, I didn't even realize this until I started watching film and, and studying like we do every week. If they can make Kyler Murray throw the football and put it in his hands, which is still scary because you got Hopkins, you got Kirk can go downfield, you got Isabel, and Drake is in the, in the uh, the pass game as well. If they can contain Murray and Drake, they have a chance to win this ball game. Yeah, I was looking at some of uh, Murray's stats, particularly on throws downfield, ten yards or more, and out again. It's it, he's not a Garoppolo issue, but it's, again, struggles a little bit. A lot of it's you know that intermediate, you know, bubble screen, quick screens, you know, around there, he's he's pretty good. Um, it, what's kind of interesting is the short ones right in the middle, he struggles a little bit. It might be his height. He hasn't figured out the <laughs> lanes yet. Yeah. And, and Russell did Russell, early on, too. Yep. And he's figured yep. that out. Um, he's not that accurate. I mean, there's no question. And I agree 100% with your assessment. It To me, it's all about stop, stopping their running game. And their running game is, you know, accentuated because – you got a running quarterback. Yeah. You know, if it was purely on running backs, you'd go, whoa, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. You know, some of it scrambles on, you know, the passing game. And I wish they would actually break those out a little bit more in the running game because it doesn't tell the real scrambles, story. Yeah. Right. That should be a stat. I, I, I agree with you. Be crazy. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Why would you take uh, yards off passing on a sack? Just take it off total yards. Yeah. The passing's a passing. You know, same thing. If I scramble for a run, you know, have a miscellaneous piece off of a scramble. It's hard to decipher that, though there's a lot of information there. But to me, you're right. We have to make them one-dimensional. Um, we got to make them throw the football. I'm worried about their defense. They put pressure, and yeah. they, they, God, they got a really good coordinator. They have a Jamal Adams on that defense. They He's have a, a different guy. kind of Adams. They have, but they, they have a guy who, who is comfortable dropping in to yep. zones or dropping in a space, but a guy who's also comfortable lining up on that second level, disguising things and shooting through gaps. This Buda you Baker. Can't, uh, you, could, you did say his name. 
What? He's a Husky. I, I know it's hard for you to get those out. <laughs> hey, when you're three and one against the Huskies, oh, I'll spit them out all day. I'm fine. How many decades ago was that? It doesn't matter. Okay. These guys after me have the stuff to worry about. <laughs> when I when I was coming up, that flag was on the space needle. Needle three out of the four years That's I was in good. college. So you know, but I, game recognized game. Yeah. Buddha Baker can He's play. A player. And his motor is ridiculous. They're, they're different players. I mean, Buddha's probably 20 pounds lighter than, than Jamal Adams. Jamal can can really beat uh, a running back, you know, one-on-one. Uh, but Buddha's so quick across the edge. Mm-hmm. And, and he makes people miss rather than, a, you know, a, an actual pass move. Uh, the way he accelerates into a, a tackle, it's freaky. Uh, really good player. Excited to, to to see them. I hope the Seahawks win. Going to be a tough game. It's going to be the best team they played all year by a long shot. And I think it's really how good are we going to be moving forward? It's going to be at five twenty, you know, on Sunday night. They're going going down to Glendale. They've had success out there. We'll have more Seahawks fans than they do. Facts. It may be eight thousand to four thousand, but we'll be louder. Hey. Louder wearing the neon green jerseys, they always stand no. out. They stand out, Paul. That's you think why they're they wearing wear them. neon green. I think they do. I, I think they do that on purpose. And I just want to say thank you to NASA Choby, our producer, Darren Urban, Will Disley, Matt Harden, and my guy, Paul Moyer. I miss you, man. I'm glad we're doing this again. And we're going to do it for a few more weeks in a row. This is Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer, Hawks Live, every Thursday, right here at 7 o'clock. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, these guys are 6 0. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Download the 710 Sports app to get breaking news notifications on the Hawks and read the latest analysis on the Hawks at 710sports.com.